What up, world? Pass first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're talking pre-draft workouts. The Thompson twins from Overtime Elite, Ahmed and Asar Thompson, came to Portland on Tuesday. Worked out for the Trailblazers of the first projected lottery picks to do so during the pre-draft process. I want to give a quick scouting report on these uh, two youngsters, two 20-year-old wings, uh, point, point guardy wings, uh, and then... Uh, Talk about just sort of the challenges in 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 their sort of uh, their fit and the challenges in them making the next step, and then talk about in general what do what do workouts even mean? What do, what can we glean from from workouts? I talked about this in a previous show, but now that we've seen some higher level uh, folks come in, I think it's worth revisiting and discuss how and why these things happen. But let's let's start with uh, a quick scouting report. So. Uh, Ahmed and Asar Thompson, they are projected lottery picks, projected top 10 picks. They are twins, 20 years old. Uh, Ahmed is 6'7", Asar is 6'6". They're both in that, you know, just over 200-pound range. They are wings, really good athletes. Ahmed is a great athlete with a questionable shot, but he's considered a really versatile defender, a really good playmaker, and pretty much universally considered a top five pick. Uh, I have seen him mocked as high as three. Some folks like him better than Brandon Miller, but across the board, uh, good friend NBA big, uh, NBA big Board, Raphael Barlow has him at five. At the Ringer, they've got him at four. At ESPN, they've got him at four. In The Athletic, they've got him at five. Um, admittedly, it seems like everybody's due for a new mock draft. These are all a week or 10 days old so we'll see when we get new ones we'll obviously update here on what folks think but tom but amen thompson is 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 thought of as like the sort of prototypical secondary ball handler maybe even could be a primary some folks have him listed as a straight up point guard at six seven and 200 and some pounds um you know he's like a, a lanky guy who can make plays on the ball a good passer a good playmaker and a really good cutter. This was some numbers courtesy of my friend Raphael Barlow at NBA Big Board. I listened to NBA Big Board to get ready for this, uh, for ready for the show. It's a great podcast, great time of year to get involved. It's on the network. Uh, just search NBA Big Board wherever you get podcasts, or, or on YouTube if you're if that's how you get down. But I'm in shot eighty five percent in trans- transition. Dude is just a blur. Um, all the scouting reports I read, like. I've seen some highlights of these gentlemen, but it's not like I was watching OTE games to watch them play in overtime elite. Uh, but like, I mean, it's just a, it's just a cannonball gets a rebound and is gone shot out of a shot out of a cannon on live on, on rebounds, much less like steals and stuff where they get out on the break. But like even just a, you miss a jump shot. He catches it at 15 feet and the jets get turned on shot 85% transition, 81% on cuts and 74% at the rim. Those numbers courtesy of Raphael Barlow at NBA big board. Uh, you know, dunks are typically about a 95% proposition. So like some of it is just like you get out in transition, you can score, but I think the cuts really matter because if you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be a point guard in the league, sure, like it, it, it's, it's, you don't, your ability to cut off the ball doesn't matter. But if you're going to play like a versatile role, right? If you're a point guard, if Amon Thompson, who, you know, a lot of scouts think is point guardy, uh, but like, 
might be a two three positional fit depending on where he ends up including in the for the portland trailblazers where he has where he there's a point guard uh, currently on the roster you may have heard of him damian lillard the the ability to score off cuts 81 percent off cuts like the ability to be a secondary um to have some secondary skills to score when you're off the ball to make to use that athleticism to be valuable not just when the ball is in your hands like um like I said, I think Amen has some of the sort of prototypical, this is exactly what you want type of wing skills. The shooting is a big concern. Not a very good shooter. Didn't shoot well from the free throw line. Um, th- that could be an issue. People are going to just dare him to shoot it in the league and we'll see what what he, how he can get there. Um, certainly there's an example of of sort of the John Morants and the Shea Gilgis Alexanders and even like De'Aaron Fox early in his career of guys who were like not really good shooters, but really good athletes and making, make still finding a way to make it happen as their, as their shots develop. So I think, or at least early on, it's not like a huge, huge red flag, but it is absolutely something to be aware of because shooting matters in the league to be sure. But Amon Thompson's like, he's, he's consensus top five pick. He's going to go high in the draft. The Blazers, of course, have three. His brother, Asar Thompson, is not considered nearly as high um, nearly as high of a prospect. Uh, Raphael Barlow at NBA Big Board had him all the way down to 15. The Ringer has him at 6. ESPN has him at 6. The Athletic had him at 9 in their mock drafts. Um, he played more off the ball in OTE. Uh, Amen was the point guard, and, 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 and Asar was the sort of off-ball wing. They're really, really similar builds. But the, the, the appeal of Asar is that even if he played off the ball, still a really good playmaker, really good passer, has a great feel, and is an excellent defender. The sell on the Thompson Twins is that they have the positional versatility and the crazy athleticism to, you know, guard several different positions with their length. You know, okay, you can guard small because you're super athletic, but you're six 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 seven with long arms that, you know, almost seven foot wingspan. Okay, cool. You can now guard up a couple positions too. And that positional like versatility on defense, um, you know, positions probably still matter more on offense, but if you can guard a bunch of different spots, it doesn't matter. You can just go play because when you go down on the other end and the switch heavy NBA, it's like, hey, we feel comfortable with him eventually guarding everyone. Rookies, typically not very good on defense. There's a lot thrown at you, but like the tools to be a really special defender. And Asar Thompson checks that box. He actually was a little bit better shooter than his brother. Um, most scouts from the scouting reports I've read consider him to be the better shooter of the two, but maybe not um, just like overall quality of player. And and speaking of, of NBA Big Board, I, I subscribe to the newsletter. I, I highly recommend it. Raphael Barlow, as, as good as it gets with draft stuff. And one scout told Raphael, Host of Locked On NBA Big Board, uh, founder of NBA Draft Junkies, and the writer of the of the uh, Big Board newsletter, is that Asar might even be more point guardy than Amen. And even though Amen is considered a point guard, even listed a point guard by a lot of draft uh, services, that that Asar has maybe more potential as they grow to be have point guard skills because he has makes secondary reads a little bit better. Um, you know, he is probably not. Um, in the Blazers range at three and won't be on the board if they still pick at 23 but you bring them in together because they're a pair and also allows them to like do some workout stuff together hey we need another six seven guy to do these things we need to like um, it's, it's a good matchup and it's a good way like you get him in the building right you get it's like two top 10 picks get him in the building build your book uh, you've obviously done a bunch of scouting beforehand 
but you want, you know, in-person stuff that I, I saw based on some uh, photos that the Trailblazers shared on their website. Shout out to Bruce Ely, friend of the program. Uh, like they did some athletic testing, you know, some like just like straight vertical stuff. And they did uh, in the videos I watched that the Blazers shared of the workout. They did um, the Blazers do a really good job of the draft workouts where they they were sharing interview interviews clipped in with um, some actual cuts from for what they did in the workouts. What you do in the workouts doesn't matter. But like as as a point of interest, um you know, going through shooting stuff, running through defensive drills, running pick and rolls and making reads and pick and rolls, sort of, you know, get guys in the gym and get them to do the skills that you want to see them translate. What does the recovery look like on defense? What does their shooting form look like? And when we run them through basic pick and roll reads, do they might make the right reads? I think the question for me, for the, for both of these gentlemen, is how do they fit with what the Blazers want to do, assuming that the Blazers are still have Damian Lillard on the roster? And what is the challenge of translating OTE scouting to the league? You'll notice that I didn't really include stats here. It's because I don't know how valuable they are. But what I want to do in the second segment is talk about that challenges, talk about their fit, and and kind of just get a sense of what the what the Thompson twins would look like if they were to play in a Blazers uniform. But before I do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Listen, now is a great time to get involved with FanDuel because it's the NBA playoffs and they're giving out a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. So that means if you sign up for FanDuel and use the promo code locked on, you can get a no sweat first bet up to, excuse me, $2,500 has $2,500 for new customers back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, there's no better place to bet on all the NBA playoff action. The NBA finals start tomorrow on June 1st, and we've got at least four and likely more games. So visit FanDuel.com. Take advantage of this offer while you can. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. Thompson Twins were in Portland. I want to talk about their fit and the sort of strange space that these two gentlemen occupy in the unknown. The draft is filled with unknowns. That's kind of the fun part about the draft. Like you you project everyone to their highest levels, right? Uh, you never comp anyone out and say, yeah, I think this dude's going to be Aaron Aflalo. You know, if it all works out, you're looking at Eddie House. Everyone is Kobe Bryant. Everyone, everyone is is is, is, is like at the highest peak, but um, which is which what makes the draft fun. Like I'm I'm kind of teasing, but it's like it's what makes the draft fun. But I think for the Thompson twins, the sort of unknown translation of overtime elite to the league makes the scout a little bit challenging. Overtime elite is a alternate path for for basketball players from as you know, early as like sophomores in high school up till their draft eligibility after they turn 19 to go instead of, instead of, um, uh, of going the sort of high school basketball route. Now you can go professional and you can make up to six figures or you can not take money, maintain your eligibility and use that sort of incubator program to, um, you know, become a college player or whatever, whatever you might want to do. It's, uh, you know, we have, we have three seasons of, uh, three seasons of it. Um, it's, it's, Six teams based in Atlanta, like it's it is a unique, unique new alternative to, um, to you know to sort of the player development process. 
We don't really have a strong example of players matriculating from OTE to the NBA. Dominic Barlow, a two-way forward for the Spurs, um, was dominant in OTE. Average like 25-9 and nine in OTE and then comes to the Spurs, signs a two-way contract, and ends up averaging you know, four and three in 28 games for the Spurs. Like he was a two-way guy and kind of an end-to-bench player for a team filled with developmental parts. So I don't think we have this like great translation understanding, but OTE plays with an NBA three-point line. Um, you know, it's, it is, it is probably more similar to the modern, to the modern NBA basketball than college basketball in terms of just like how the, how it works from what I understand, like system and, 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 and like how the game looks like, but it's just a weird setup. Like Amen Thompson and, and Osir and Asar Thompson, they're, they were 20 years old, 19 and 20 years old, playing against 16 and 17-year-olds. It's just, um, it's not college basketball. Like, it's not. It is not college basketball developmentally. You're not, like, 19 playing against dudes who are now the way college works, like 24 occasionally. But, um, you know, uh, with with the COVID year for that whole graduating, for the whole crew that was in college and, and all, all the transfer stuff, it's like players like college basketball players stay till they're 23 now uh it's not uncommon but like it's not like you're playing against people who are development more developmentally advanced than you and trying to figure it out it's the reverse like you're the most developmentally advanced person in ote it's a strange thing um, i didn't bring up their stats in ote because i don't know that they're that um i think the tape is going to be more telling than the numbers and quite frankly like uh, you know, Don Barlow for the Spurs, like he wasn't this. Amen Thompson and Asar Thompson were are much more highly regarded prospects. It's not like Don Barlow was like, hey, this dude might go third in the draft and then like slipped and became a two-way guy. This these this is the Thompson twins are a different thing. And they're they're kind of going to be in some ways proof of concept for really high-level recruits to go this route. But I think in general, how the numbers, like how the numbers translate, and I gave you that 85% transition. 81% on cuts, 74% of the rim for Ahmed Thompson. It's like how the numbers translate. I, I don't think we know yet. I don't think we know yet. The tape though, I mean, I've, I've watched YouTube highlights. These are handpicked, but like um, these dudes are locking people up on defense. Ahmed Thompson makes really fun passing reads. And like I said, is shot out of a cannon. Absolutely. His end-to-end speed with the ball is really fun. But I don't. It's like I don't have a great understanding on the level of competition, just like from my my own sort of YouTube scouting eyes, and like I don't think in general the NBA at large has a good sense of how elite prospects playing in this league translate to the next league. That doesn't mean these gentlemen won't be good. They might be really good. It's just I think there is an unknown quality that I wanted to discuss. Let's talk about fit with the Portland Trailblazers. I think one of the curious parts of um, where the Blazers find themselves is that the assumption that I think we should operate under is what the Blazers have sort of publicly said they want to do is that Damian Lillard is going to be involved in the the team next year. He's going to be on the roster. They're going to build around Damian and all these things. And maybe they find this middle path because the Blazers are certainly... um, sending out public posturing that that they're going to they're going to take three and keep Dame and and 
cake, eat it too, etc. But like, so let's assume that they do make a draft pick at three and it is say Amen Thompson because Asar Thompson's probably just not that, not that type of prospect. Um, you know, he's, he's only going to be six through 10 in the draft or whatever it is. Uh, not, not three. And Amen. so Amen Thompson, let's, let's, let's consider his fit. Uh, I think in theory, uh, wings who can't shoot aren't ideal next to Dame because Dame commands double teams. And if you can pick who you double off of, um, then it becomes harder. It becomes the, the Blazers offense becomes harder, right? It's like, okay, double off the rookie, double off the rookie. Every time we're going to rotate and we're the person we're going to choose to leave open when we send a hard double team at Dame is this guy because we don't think he can shoot. I think that is part of my concern in some ways about Matisse Thibel. But I would say Thompson's ability to, um, in theory, theoretical ability to develop as a really good cutter and a really good athlete using that, eating up that space in the half court makes me think he can overcome some of his shooting ability. Also, you can improve a little bit as a shooter. He does not have, from the scouting reports I've read, uh, scouts are not high on him becoming a really good shooter. The problem is if he's a point guard, if he needs the ball in his hands to be special, he's a bad fit with the Blazers. He said, though, in his draft interview, um, when asked about, uh, pre-draft process asked about, um, you know, his fit with Dame, he said that, like, yeah, Dame is the point guard. So I would be more of a connective piece. I, I really liked Amen Thompson's interview in the, in the, in the sort of journalist terms, a great talker, um, that someone who just, it was, it just gave it, just gave a really strong interview and had a really good sense of how he was going to fit with specifically in this place. He'd be more of a secondary secondary creator and a connective piece, and he'd be playing off the ball with Damian Lord on the ball. It's exactly what you want to hear. Total understanding of how you're going to fit, total understanding of how you would, you know, how you're going to progress to the next level when you maybe aren't, you know, given the ball in your hands all the time. Uh, an, an interesting thing. The defensive versatility really appeals to me. Um, someone who understands where they fit really appeals to me. It's just, is the shooting, is the shooting a big enough question mark that you would not go in this direction? I don't know. Um, I don't think like for me, I don't think I'm a big, big, big time Brandon Miller believer, but I will say people, you know, smart people, including friend of the program, Raphael Barlow, who I've now referenced like 17 times during the show, like big believer in, in, in Brandon and Brandon Miller. Um, so like maybe his shooting and his size and he doesn't have the ball handling and playmaking, although maybe he does, he could show it more in a different, different setting. Maybe you lean that way just because of the shot making. But if you're just looking for like, high 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 level defensive defensive upside and crazy athleticism Amen Thompson seems really appealing like I said I think Asar Thompson is an interesting fit if you had a pick later in the lottery and I want to talk about that in a moment there's a chance that the Blazers are on are on the board at three and they bring Tom, they both the Thompson twins are still available because one and two has been um, Wemby and Scoot, Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, and, and the Blazers just pass on them. Does that mean that this workout was a farce? Do workouts mean anything? Let's talk about that to close the show. Join me in the third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Let's talk about NBA draft workouts. Do they even mean anything? Uh, Portland to to date, they had held two draft workouts in May. This was the third one they had held. The first two were uh, six-person workouts, including mostly like back half of the first round, late second rounders, and guys who probably won't be drafted. And the Blazers have a, a pick in the 40s, and they've got uh, pick 23, but even the, the folks they brought in will probably be a stretch at 23. So it was like mostly 
you know, um, mostly players that were kind of outside their range and just sort of like, hey, let's get a sense of the back half of the draft. Should it, you know, should we have, uh, should that opportunity present itself? But more importantly, and I think this is this is something I maybe didn't hammer home in that podcast, uh, in that episode of the podcast that I'll hammer home here. That's who comes in to work out. Dudes who are looking for a job. It is a it is a month or six weeks, depending on how long you do it, of active job interviews, flying all over the place and showing that you are talented enough to be hired by one of the 30 NBA teams in some capacity. If you are a top-level recruit, or top level prospect, you don't need no stinking job interview. In fact, from my research prior to this, I do not, I have not seen Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson take a private workout with a team. I assume they'll work out with their agency in front of teams. I assume they they probably did something um, not too, if, if they haven't yet, or or they will in the future. Some private sort of private closed closed workouts. We're gonna if you want to see us, here's where it is. But like Scoot Henderson is not going to go to anywhere that isn't uh to anywhere that that it doesn't have the pick that he wants right like scoot isn't probably wouldn't go beyond three and i wouldn't be surprised if he says i'm only going to work out for the hornets if the blazers want to draft me they can but i'm not even gonna, I, I don't even want to do it and that's normal like it's hard to get top five picks into the building because they are not interviewing for jobs you are hoping that they fall to you and are interested in them. So the the Thompson twins, they this they said yesterday. They told reporters at at, at the workout. It's like this was their first, um, this was their first workout. Top ten guys do not have to travel like this. They do not have to go through the circuit like folks in that twelve through one hundred and fifty range. Um, if you are hoping to land on a team and you are not guaranteed to be a high draft pick, a top five, top eight ish draft pick, you got to, you know, be picking picky and choo- you don't, you don't get to be picky and choosy. If you are a top pick, you do like you do, you do. Um, so I don't know, uh, you know, maybe the Blazers will bring in Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. I think more likely they'll go to some sort of private agent held workout and see both of them play, but it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sh- shocked if those gentlemen came through, but what does the workout mean? Like, what does it mean? Does it mean that the Blazers are deeply invested in Amen Thompson and Asar Thompson and all of those things? I think you can read it a couple different ways. One, yes. Yeah, they're interested, right? They're doing their due diligence because they're interested and they have the third pick and Amen Thompson is totally a reasonable target at three and they want him in the building. They want to meet with him. They want to chat with him. You know, everybody was, you know, obviously Joe Cronin's there, but like Burt Cold, uh, the, the, I don't know how to phrase it, but the, a very important person within the ownership group, probably the loudest voice within the ownership group. Um, uh, he was in the building. Damian Lord was there. I mean, he works out of the practice facility and works for the team, but he was there. Uh, like, you know, this is the sort of Blazers brain trust in the building to see this. This wasn't a throwaway workout with, with folks. Um, it's, this was, this was something that everyone wanted to be in attendance to see, um, you know, Cronin's going to be there and Dame's probably going to be there, but I think Burt Cold's inclusion in, in, in the mix um, matters. So yes, like the simple answer is yes, they're interested. Two is that they are just doing the right thing. Called up the Thompson's agents. Hey, can we get you in the building? We'd love to do it, you know, Tuesday, May 30th. Yeah, that works for us. Great, we'll have you there. We'd have, love to have you work out. Get the data. Just doing the due diligence so in case things change, They've seen these guys, they're interested in them, but like they're just, you just more data is a little bit better, right? More data is better. Let's do our own, um, our own athletic testing. Let's see what they do in drills. See all these things like 
Short answer, yes. Short the second answer, not specifically a target, but want to be interested. And and then the third one is like total smokescreen. And the middle answer is probably the most correct. Is that they want some they want some data because if they wow them or whatever it is, or 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 if circumstances change, you want to know the deal. And I think the circumstances change is the most interesting part to me. What if the Blazers trade back in the draft? What if what if instead of three, they trade back with Houston to move to four? Houston gives them a future first round pick, like a juicy future first round pick. Now all of a sudden they've got they've just moved back one spot and been upgraded to like, hey, an unprotected future pick from the Rockets or whatever. Um similar to the Luka Doncic swap for between Dallas and Atlanta. Okay, well now Amen Thompson is like really right in the range, right? Like all, now all of a sudden he might still be on the board and you really want to be there. If the Blazers do the trade that a lot of people have floated, including this on podca- this podcast, like if they trade back three to get six and 11 from the Magic plus other parts, whatever that other parts look like. Uh, but like you wouldn't just do that trade on its face. Uh, it would does not enough value. You need to get something. The Blazers would need to get something back of more value for, to make them, that happen. But let's let's say they do make that swap and it looks like whatever it looks like. Six is in a Sar Thompson range. Eleven conceivably could be in a Sar Thompson range. You do your due diligence because all of the little things that play out down the road, you want to make sure that you are prepared for that data. And it, and moreover, if you're not going to get Scoot and Brandon Miller in the in your own gym, you get the best players you can get in your own gym and make it happen from there. Like, I remember in the past when the Blazers have had high lottery picks, um, or excuse me, mid-lottery picks, they just couldn't get top 10 guys in the gym. No one was interested in doing it. So what they what they did was they just built their book and they worked out people in their range and you move from there. What the Blazers are doing is they might not even be able to get everyone in their range, right? Like it's, it's just like the way top five picks move now that they actually have one. So you work out everyone in the range behind you. You work out everyone you can to build the data. Do I think this means that Amen Thompson is like the number one target? I absolutely do not. Do I think that means that they're interested in him? You wouldn't. He wouldn't be there if they weren't. So draft workouts mean nothing. They mean everything, depending on uh, depending on sort of your. Um, your feel on the tea leaves. I will say this, last year, the Blazers worked out Shaden Sharp at a private agent-held workout and then brought him into the building and then drafted him. Getting him in twice was meaningful. If anybody comes back twice, if, a Thompson, if Amen Thompson comes back a second time, put a big star on that one. Or if they go to a private workout where the Thompson twins are, put a star on that one. That is that is proof that they are interested. But for now, this is just due diligence, data collection, and the, you know, a, a sort of the responsible way to prepare for the draft for the many scenarios that might play out. If you stay at three or if you trade back or whatever it, what have you, you want to get the data that you can and, and have your sort of coaches, front office, ownership, franchise icon all be on the same page after getting getting people in the gym and and you know chatting with them seeing them go through workouts how their what their work ethic is like what their sort of processing speed is like when you're like hey we're going to install this drill and all of these things how quickly do you pick stuff up i think it's all valuable i think draft workouts are either deeply meaningful or totally unmeaningful but um that's what makes the sort of guessing game of this time of year a whole bunch of fun all right come back for tomorrow's show we'll do more of this i appreciate you listening talk to you soon